Hey, we are back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Episode eight. Yeah. Huge episode. Very controversial. This uh, topic came to light probably again last year via a documentary called The Game Changers. And I know it's sort of um, we've had a few debates since then about what is better, meat versus plant. Um, but it continues to be a topic that is controversial and there's constantly new research, new studies coming out, benefits, pros and cons of each. So yeah. today we're going to look at... Massive documentary when it came out last year. I mean, I know. almost everybody watched it. And, you know, I've got a few friends that even turned vegetarian um, after it. So Really? So they yeah. were heavily influenced by, by yeah. the documentary. Yeah, definitely. The documentary has been... Um, there have been a few people that have sort of analysed it and broken it down and... Um, yeah. proved a, th a few things correct and a few things may possibly incorrect. But today we're going to look at the pros and cons of meat and plant-based sources of protein. We're going to look at which one's probably best for health, which one's best for sport performance, and pro probably provide a few examples of, of the best types of protein, both plant sources and meat sources. Yeah. Um, I've got my, you know, Dennis Rodman um, jersey on today. What, was he a vegan, was he? I don't or? know, but he looks like... Uh, he, he looks like a vegan? No, well, you know, there's um, a lot of athletes out there that um, credit their success to um, plant-based diets. I don't know if Dennis Rodman is, but I've no. been watching The da Last Dance, so... Yeah, <laughs> what a documentary, awesome documentary. Yeah, so good. So, I guess before we get into the topic, where what do you eat? Where do you stand on plant-based? Well, before everyone hates me, I'm, I'm definitely meat-based, but... I'm not against vegetarians, vegans, because I'm married to one. Yeah. Um, so I'd get killed if I said I was against <laughs> it. But um, but I can definitely see, I, I know it's sort of looking at two different people living under the one roof and different body types and different whatever, but I can definitely see sort of the pros and cons of both. So I'm sort of, I'm not on the fence, but I'm on the fence. Right. Um, but it, like, I think this debate has evolved over time. It, it, it's, it's, it almost started like what what's best for nutrition and what's best for health and what's best for sport performance. But then it's really become a debate over industry versus industry. Yeah. Um, like the, the ethics of both, like factory farming or agricultural practices, um, use of pesticides or having animals cooped up in a, in a shed with no real life. So has either industry got it right? Well, there's a lot of bigger questions beyond what is the best food for performance you know there's a whole other element to this discussion what fits your values what fits your morals your lifestyle um you know um your, your take on animal suffering your views towards the planet and all these kind of things influence people's dietary choices and every, everyone has a different reason like if you are a, a, a plant-based person or athlete there's a reason why you are plant-based it might be might be because of digestion. It might be because of health. It might be those ethical reasons um, behind some of the practices in the meat industry. So there's a variety of reasons. I would say majority are probably make their decision based on ethics. Yep. Because if they were to purely make their decision based on nutrition and performance, it, it, it may not be as equal as what they think. And, um, you know, there's so much evidence out there. It's very hard to um, draw a conclusion either way on what is best, you know, best is relative. And, you know, if you're taking a holistic picture of health, there's more than just what you put it into your mouth. It's the whole story, um, you know, of how you feel, mm -hmm. how it makes you feel. And um, that can influence your psychology, your well-being. It, it can even have a placebo effect. It, exactly. So, I mean, you've, 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 we've seen it both ways where a, 
a person might be a meat eater up to a certain point in their life and then make a decision, hey, I want to be a vegan, vegetarian. And then all of a sudden they become, they feel a hell of a lot healthier. They're bursting with energy. They feel great. Is, is it really the effects of food? Is it a placebo effect? So we, we don't really truly understand which is better. And I think it highlights how, um, how little we actually do know about nutrition for humans. Yeah, and I'll, I'll may, maybe we can touch on that a bit later on why we actually know so little. But, mm. um, you know, these different types of studies that prove different things and show different things and why probably why we'll never know what's the best. Not, yeah. Maybe not in our lifetimes, but hopefully let's, uh, let's say we figure it out. But I think the debate is healthy. Um, if you're passionate enough to ridicule the person on the other side, I think you're too passionate, yeah. uh, each to their own. Um, yeah. I know. Um, so you skew a bit more to the meat side. I skew a, a bit more to the plant side. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up eating vegetarian two or three days a week, um, hardly any red meat. And I kind of stick to that diet right now. So uh, mainly um, fish, eggs, um, plant-based. That's basically all I cook. In the weekends, I, you know, eat whatever, to be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I do. Look, and I think a lot of it comes down to, for both, for both plant and meat, it comes down to where it's grown, how it's been sort of raised, if it's cattle or... Um, how it's been harvested and are they using pesticides? Are, are the animals sort of free range and yeah. uh, and grass fed? So there's there's a lot more choices than just meat or plant. Yeah. There's, there's, there's further choices that you have to look into and have to make beyond that. Definitely. So we should probably kick off looking at sort of the different, different plant-based diets there are available and there's lots. There's heaps. Um, there's so many. So I guess. Do you know all the uh, all the terms? All uh, the I don't think I know all the terms, but <laughs> I know I know a term or two. <laughs> um, yeah, hell. So hell's also you know kind of raised in a vegetarian household. Well, I, yeah, my mom's vegetarian, so I spent eleven years vegetarian up until I was about sixteen years old. And yeah. and do you attribute that to why you're nine foot one? No, I think I'd be ten foot one if I'd been eating meat from a younger age. Are, are you a meat eater now, Hal? Um, uh, hey, before you answer that, cocktail frankfurts are not considered meat. I know you eat those at your kids' parties <laughs> that you go to, <laughs> but I wouldn't consider a cocktail frankfurt a meat. I, I, I love meat, but I can go days being vegetarian and just not know the difference. Yeah. Whatever I feel like. So you can sort of flick in between. You sort of listen to how your body feels and if you decide, hey, I feel like a steak, I'll just hook, yeah. you'll hook in. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit the same these days. I, I've gone from heavy, heavy meat eating. I've definitely cut back a lot of, of meat consumption. I, I still, my body still lets me know. Would you say you eat meat every day? Every day. Yeah. Um, whether it's in the form of my main. When, when's the last time you had a non-meat day? Or have you ever had one? I, I have a lot of non-meat days, but they include eggs. Right. Like yeah. a lot of eggs on those days. Um but my, I don't eat red meat every day, that's for sure. I definitely eat fish every day. And, and after a while, my body, it's like I get this urge, get some, get some red meat into you, get some steak into you, whether that's psychological or it's actually my body saying, hey, I need all these nutrients and, and whatever that's in <laughs> the meat. Stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you eat fish every day. Pretty much. Eat tuna or salmon every day okay. um, and eggs. And I'm not as heavily reliant on sort of... Your chickens and your and your and your steak and other forms of meat that I used to be, um, yeah. But I'm still, 
Yeah. Still getting my protein in and still enjoy a good steak now and then. And Here's a mind-blowing fact. I've never cooked a steak in my life. What? Yeah, never ever. I grew up not eating beef. So How do you um, call yourself a powerlifter? You uh. must be shunned in the powerlifting community. <laughs> I don't know. I have my protein shakes. So. You, <laughs> you have a living um, chef though, don't you? <laughs> cooks, all, <laughs> cooks it all for you. I, I wish. My George Foreman steak. grill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get into some of these terms. And and massage here at Massage, we're definitely um, definitely on on the fence. I mean, we've got both whey based protein products and also plant based products, um, which we might talk about a little bit later. So, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, exactly. But so we're just going to give you some some little facts, maybe. Yeah. Bit of bro science. I don't know if we're going to real science debate the topic today, but maybe um, explore it and dive into it a little bit so so plant-based you got lacto ovo vegetarians so they consume dairy and eggs yep pesco polo vegetarians eat fish shellfish and chicken yeah they're not vegetarians you eat chicken that's kind of like me i mean i I have red meat hardly ever (laughs) it's not part of my regular schedule but uh you know if there's a nice lamb curry around (laughs) you've been known to (laughs) to whip up a nice lamb curry pescatarians eat fish and shellfish and then flexitarians Sure, they're my favorite. That's me. <laughs> flexitarian. They just decide when they yeah. want to be vegetarian. Flexibility, right? Flexibility. The ability to flex. And then you've got <laughs> your... <laughs> every photo, every take. Every take of Duran. Yeah. <laughs> the left arm and then you've got your, your full-on vegans who uh, anything that comes from an animal. Yep. No animal products. Uh, whatsoever. Yep. So no eggs, no honey. Nothing. No. no butter. No. Nothing. And then I guess there's the term plant-based. So, you know, what does plant-based mean? If you're like me, predominantly eating <coughs> vegetables, but you still eat some meat, does that count as plant-based? I would say you're still plant-based. I think everyone should be plant-based. They should be including plants into their diet regardless of whether they eat meat or not. Like, yeah. it should make up the majority of your diet. Yeah. Good. Definitely. Good quality, fibrous. And... um. Uh, I guess maybe we can talk about that in a bit as well, but something called the healthy user effect or the healthy user bias. Yeah. It's a very uh, important topic. Uh, So probably the biggest biggest thing um, vegans, vegetarians struggle with is getting enough protein in their diet. This is always the crux of the debate, where they get their protein from. So what are, what are a few plant sources where people get their protein from? What are the best? um, I guess before we um, answer that question, you know, let's talk about protein, right? So, uh, you know, you can talk about, um, remember our pyramid of nutrition, which we kind of touched on in the, some of the old episodes, but the foundation of nutrition needs to be a total calorie balance, right? Um, especially when it comes to body composition. Um, above that is your macronutrient breakdown. So your protein, carbs, and fat. Above that's your micronutrients. Um, and then it's um, things like timing and frequency. So, um, you know, what is a good protein? You know, a good protein addresses the base of this pyramid. Your, your total calories and your uh, macronutrient levels, right? So there's a few ways to manage, uh, measure or describe a good protein. And some of the most common measures in the, in the scientific world are biological value and protein digestibility, corrected amino acid score, or PDCAS. Summarize those two easily so listeners can understand what they are. Um, <laughs> Body, body's ability to utilize the protein so how much within the pro- that source how much the protein that you consume is retained into your muscle and how much is excreted also um, you know how much of these amino acid requirements is this protein source supplying so um, you know there are 20 proteinogenic amino acids um, so if you think of protein as um, like a chapter of a book think of amino acids like the le- letter 
like letters of the alphabet, right? Mm-hmm. Different letters can combine to make different words, and you know that's how there's so many different types of proteins. Your body's made out of protein, um, so when you eat protein, um, you break it down into the amino acids, and then you know you write the story of your body with the letters from your protein. And this is probably the biggest argument against plant-based protein sources is they do not contain a full essential amino acid profile. And typically, yes. So um, there's 20 amino acids, like 20 letters of the alphabet. Yeah. Um, 11 of those you can actually make yourself. So you don't need to get them through your diet. But nine of them are considered essential amino acids, which means you need to get these nine letters of the alphabet from your protein sources. So imagine eating a paragraph without any of these nine letters of the alphabet in it, right? Um, it's going to be hard. However, you know, most vegetarians and vegans are very aware of this. And this is why, you know, it's quite well known that you need to eat a varied diet. Um, you know, um, vegetarians know that beans, legumes, um, um, you know, different types of vegetables actually have different sources of protein in them. But is there one source of plant-based product that contains all nine essential amino acids? Um, there's more than one. Um, even soy, for example, has... Um, I think quinoa as well. Quin- quinoa, soy, yeah. But uh, it's just the levels of protein are, are lower. Um, well, you know, protein is relative. You can eat more vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it typically less um, satiating because, you know, protein when it comes in a steak is, you know, accompanied by a lot of saturated fat and things that can fill you up. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look at a plant-based diet, although you can't get, um, you know, all the... Um, a very high scoring protein on, you know, biological value or PDCAS, which I just talked about, um, from typical plant sauces. If you eat a variety of plant sauces, you're covering all your bases. And, you know, there's absolutely no reason why you can't get all of your uh, amino acid requirements from um, a well-balanced plant-based diet. So you need to need to obviously research and, and find out and, and take in a, a, per, a variety of plant-based sources to get all of those essential amino acids, but it can be done. Yeah, definitely can be done. And peop- so, people so do it all those, the time. Sorry to interrupt. Of, of those plant-based sources, like what are the best, what are the best ones? Say so give me sort of three to five of the best plant-based protein sources that people should be looking at to include in their diet? Well, typically beans and legumes are, you know, the go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, although beans and legumes tend to be around 50% carbohydrates, they do have a pretty good amino acid mix and, um, you know, good um, digestibility. So, Are you looking at like raw beans and, and, and legumes? You because a lot, of the, a lot of the vegetarian options I see these days and vegan options, they're, they're basically imitating meat yeah. with pers- processed versions yeah. of like a meat patty. And they're, they're, they're a mix of lentils and chickpeas and legumes yeah. and all sort of uh, with all the other crap as well, preservatives yeah. and everything else. So are you recommending like just raw sources in with salads or something like that? or um, Not necessarily. I mean, you can cook it and it's not going to, um, you know, it might denature some of the proteins, but you're still going to get the same quantity of protein. It's the benefits of a raw food diet are a bit different to, um, um, you know, but raw, what, we're, I mean, what we're talking about. Unprocessed, I guess. Oh, unprocessed. Yeah. I thought you meant like uncooked. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah un- unprocessed typically, um, you know, there's going to be all these other micronutrients and things like that accompanying it. Um, typically, the more processed the food is, the less um, nutrient dense it is. So legumes, beans, chickpeas, things like that. Yeah. I know from just personal experience at home, those sources of plant-based, proteins can cause some digestional upset as well 
Yeah, and that's why you typically cook things like that, you know, to enhance the digestibility. Right. So especially when it comes to beans, you know, um, you really want to cook beans before you eat them a lot of time. Otherwise, uh, that's when they can cause some digestive disturbances. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and and so if you, that's sort of looking at the amino acids. What about um, protein, actual protein content? So take, say you take 100 grams of yeah, so legumes, beans, and then you take 100 grams of meat. Which one's typically going to have more protein in it? Well, um, typically meat will have more protein per calorie. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's it's a more efficient way to get your protein in than vegetables. So from a caloric, caloric impact on your diet, you have to consume more calories to get an even or an equal amount of protein? Um, you don't have to, but um, <laughs> typically, yeah. So, um, you know, it's hard for vegetarian and plant-based sources to have a higher percentage of protein. Yeah. So mo- um, most plant compared sources... Compared to lean meats. Yeah. yeah. Most plant sources that you look at, they, they do actually have a moderate to high level of carbohydrates in them as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, other micronutrient beneficial and things like that are good. But um, yeah, you, you are taking in more calories to achieve the same amount of protein that you would from meat. Yeah. I mean... Um, so it would be... You have to adjust your diet accordingly. Yeah. True, but you also um, what you're consuming is more fiber typically as well. So you know, I think we talked about it on episode one or two. Two of the most important things that your body requires is protein and fiber. Um, you know, from a from a meat based diet, you're gonna get much more efficient protein in. But um, you know, how many meats do you know contain a significant amount of fiber? Not many. This is why you need to have plants in your diet. Yeah, and I think most meat eaters would include some plants in their diet at some point throughout the day as well to get that fiber whether it be fruits and veg- fruits and vegetables or well i think the thing is a lot of people don't and you know there's two types of fiber insoluble and soluble fiber by eating um you know whole food based diet which people on a plant-based diet tend to do because you know um you're eating more plants right so typically um that naturally causes you to eat um, less processed food mm. Um, yeah, I would I would say in in general, vegetarians and vegans probably lead a healthier lifestyle than your typical meat eater. Definitely, um, and um, this is something which I just talked about at the start. It's called a healthy user effect or a healthy user bias. Now, um, this is why a lot of conclusions can't be drawn from a lot of the studies that are done, because you know when you're comparing um, somebody on a plant based diet to somebody on a typical diet, um, you're comparing generally a much healthier proportion of the population to an unhealthy one, you know, um, we're talking, you know, people on plant-based diet are less likely to smoke, less likely to drink as much, um, you know, more likely to exercise. Mm. They're more health conscious. So, you know, have being plant-based is one element of this, but if you're comparing it to a typical person who eats a typical diet, they might not be living as much as a healthy lifestyles. And um, so this healthy user effect is, um, you know, skews a lot of the science, but it does. Um, because they, what are they including in a lot of this site? Like meat eaters, it's, it's what's accompanying the meat meal as well. Is, is that meat surrounded by a sugary bun? Yeah. Is, is it drizzled in, you know... 17 beers. Yes, yeah. that's it. Like, so I, I think, yeah, you, if, like for like, you need to compare it like for like with, with like for like healthy diets for, for to draw a real conclusion from this. Yeah, well, that's... I guess that's if you look at, you know, um, higher level studies like epidemiological studies, you know, which look at a subset of the population and see how they respond to different um, diets. You know, going be, be below that, um, 
you know, there's controlled trials, and that's where you can probably draw more definitive results. Um, you know, literally controlling people's diets. Um, um, you know, and you can um, balance out other factors like smoking and exercise and things like that. And then one level below that is, you know, where you go into like the more technical mechanistic studies and show that, you know, this plant has this ability and, you know, like, for example, trans fats, which are found in some, you know, processed meats and things. Um, trans fats do this to this part of your body. And we know it's bad because it happens in the lab. It, we can observe it in a controlled trial and we can see it in an epidemiological study. But mm -hmm. it's very hard to do it throughout all. It is. Because um, there's so many factors in nutrition, you know, there's so many factors in your life that can affect many things. There is. And, and look, another thing, we're going to look at meat shortly, so yeah. don't worry. Sorry I'm, to I'm, go uh, deep into <laughs> some science boring stuff. We are, yeah, look, deficiencies are big in the vegan vegetarian world. Blood tests showing deficiencies in vitamin D, zinc, iron, omega fats. Yeah. Like there, unless you have this diet nailed, and you are looking at all of these factors, it can actually, it could potentially be detrimental to your health. It, it could, um, unless, you know, you um, you pay attention to what you're eating and, yeah. you know, you, you do pay good attention to some of these plant-based sources and, you know, um, eating a varied diet and making, you know, being conscious of the fact that you uh, might not get be getting enough B12. You know, it's 2020. And let's not pretend like we're all um, cavemen, you know. Like you get a B12 supplement like that, you know, and every... Vegan should be on um, a, a B12 supplement. You know, it's going to help your energy levels. It's going to help your performance, especially if you're an athlete. What does B12 do? Um, B12 is a vitamin. So uh, it does a lot of, um, has a lot of functions in your um, energy systems and cool. a lot of things. Um, typically, you can buy a form called cyanocobalamin. It's just an easy um, pull. Um, uh, but a lot of vegans and vegetarians actually inject it as well. It's called hydroxycobalamin. It's a different type of B12, but, you know, it all does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say even um, having B12 le levels higher than normal could have uh, a performance-enhancing effect. So, Speaking of performance and, and for sports, how does a plant-based athlete do in sports compared to, compared to a meat-based athlete? I've seen a lot of athletes convert to veganism or vegetarianism when, they're, when their career is already established. I'm yet to hear i'm sure it exists i'm not saying yeah. it doesn't exist but i'm yet to hear of an elite level athlete that has made it that has been raised as a vegan or vegetarian their whole life michael jordan <laughs> no he's not a vegetarian um, he only eats pizza poisoned pizza apparently yeah well um uh, you know, there's a lot of switching that goes on they switch for whatever reason it is but yeah. How many kids do you know that are vegetarians? You know, it's hard to raise a kid, um, eat them, make them eat all their veggies. True. Um, Most kids are raised eating everything. Yeah. So how, how easy is it? Would it be for you to make your kids vegetarian right now? I think it'd be fairly easy. Really? They, yeah. yeah. They, they come from a very balanced viewpoint in our household. That's good. Yeah. Um, I would, I would they're say not, neither of them are the biggest fans of meat. Like they, they eat it, yeah. but they could definitely live without it. But I think they need it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably the exception, you know. A lot of kids, uh, you know, struggle to get their veggies in. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but so even even like um, some Australia, famous Australian athletes like that were in the Game Changers documentary, Morgan, Morgan Mitch Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. I was I was doing a bit of reading on her. I was I was hoping I was hoping that she had gone sort of a long extended period of time as a vegan or vegetarian athlete, vegan athlete. No, 
Well, she had she had already established herself in her career. She'd already had top level national performances, making Olympic teams before she switched. But I think we'll see um, probably the emergence of a bit more plant based athletes in the future because you know. Um, 10 years ago, a very small percentage of the population was plant-based and it's increasing. You know, veganism and vegetarianism are one of the most Google terms in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of the fastest evolving trends just by the, the law of averages. You know, there weren't that many plant-based athletes in the past. So maybe that's why we don't see that many now. But as they, um, you know, as they um, progress, as, they, as it becomes more, um, you know, prevalent in society, maybe we will see more. Yeah. But who knows, you know? Well, we see it with our plant protein powder. It's one of our, it's shot up to be one of our best sellers. So, yeah. You guys are out there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm having it every day. So, okay. Another argument <clears throat> from a muscle building perspective yeah. is the is the content of, of leucine, the amino acid leucine, yeah. which is one of the, the three branch chain amino acids. Mm-hmm. In meat, there's up to three times higher concentration of leucine. When compared to plant-based protein sources, yeah. So leucine, super important. It is super important for and muscle growth. It's actually the only amino acid that can trigger muscle protein synthesis, so it's critical to muscle growth. But you know, like I said, we live in 2020. You know, if you're an athlete and you have high protein demands, and specifically, you know, trying to build muscle, have a plant-based protein shake. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can cover all of your amino acid bases like that, and. With, with plant-based protein shakes, let's talk about that quickly. Majority on the market are single-source plant protein. Um, What's different about ours? Yeah, so like... Without we, without sounding like an infomercial. Well, exactly. How much they cost as well. Yeah. <laughs> what we touched on before, you know, um, if you're going to only eat one plant-based source, you might not be getting the full complement of amino acids that your body requires, especially the essential amino acids that you have to get from your diet. And, you know, if you're having this one um, protein source, that's your daily protein source, um, you might not have sufficient amino acids to perform at the levels you want to perform. <coughs> so, Musashi plant protein, which we um, put together, is um, a combination of three different types of plant-based protein sources. Pea protein, brown rice protein, and hemp protein. But we're actually um, potentially looking at changing that in the future. To get it informed, sports certified. Exactly. So, you know, hemp is a bit one of those ingredients which... Um, it's a bit of a gray area when it comes to um, banned substance testing. Um, although we do anecdotally know that many athletes are taking it and have not failed any tests we, to get it in form spot certified, um, just to get it to the next level and make sure all athletes are, are safe to use it, we're potentially going to remove hemp. Yeah, replace it with another plant source. But yeah. we also uh, we're fortify looking at chia, chia seed protein. Ooh. Should be good. Yeah. Also fortify it with, with added amino acids yep so added um vegan amino acids in our um plant protein so and also digestive enzymes digestive enzymes pretty, pretty good formula like yes. as, as a meat eater and someone that can handle whey protein i still have our plant protein i like it yeah it's a nice smooth formula but anyway that's enough sort of <laughs> starting to sound like an infomercial now <laughs> let's talk from an ethical standpoint because like i said in the beginning most plant-based um athletes and people hmm. make this decision because they love animals yeah. Right, they don't want to harm animals. They believe that we should all coexist, and and I think that's awesome. I, I really do. I think it's, but from an ethical standpoint, moral standpoint, I think it's commendable. Hmm. But yes. many of those people do not understand the practices in agriculture and how many animals are killed through those practices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess you're talking about birds and mice and things like that. They're still animals. Mice, birds, snakes, 
I was reading something the other day. I was reading something the other day and it related to Australia. I, I wrote a little note on it. Uh, There's a guy by Matthew Evans. He's actually written a book. It's on, it's on eating meat. Yeah. Right. And he, he, he takes a look at omnivores and vegans and their in, impacts that both dietary choices have. He studied the Australian food industry for many, many years. And he found that this is just one case. Over 40,000 ducks are killed annually just to protect the Australian rice production. Yeah. So ducks come in, eat the crops. What do they do? They're, they're killing these ducks. Um, also, there's over a billion mice are poisoned to protect wheat in Western Australia alone. Oh, wheat bigs. <laughs> so there, these rodents, these animals, these ducks, these birds, they want to eat the crops. Yeah. Right? These, the, the people that are growing these crops have to protect their crops, so of you're course. to reduce the total sum of suffering, um, you know, to eat a steak. In one, a one cow has to die. According to this book, yeah. the equivalent amount of animals die in the production of plant-based products through agriculture than they do like the s- same amount that we kill to, for the consumption of meat. Yeah. Um, so I think it's – what I'm trying to get to here is grow your own veggie gardens at home. Well, I guess the, <laughs> other, um, the other key point behind this is the disconnect between you know people and the food that we eat. And, it, and it, look – this happens with meat. I can't wait to get to meat because this definitely happens with meat as well. You see it on a burger, you don't think twice where it came from. Yeah, exactly. And but it's I think it's this it's an argument vegans and vegetarians use against meat eaters, but they're not actually looking at their industry as well. Yeah, but I guess you know those are traditional farming practices and you know um I think it's becoming more prevalent and you know there's new um certifications that people are looking for, you know like um people are looking for certified organic um, and that's, you know, booming as a trend. You know, so many things that you're going to see are going to be cruelty-free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the um, certification standards and industry standards are going to come into place because people are now more conscious of this entire picture. Mm. And, you know, even though these smaller animals and things like that are potentially dying, uh, you know, during agricultural practices, um, there's still that disconnect of eating the flesh, Right. And, um, you know, um, I've been uh, reading a bit on yoga recently, right? Because I've been getting pretty deep into my yoga. Here we go. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, one of the practices is nonviolence, right? So they're saying like people that do a lot of yoga or yogis um, should practice vegetarianism because it's practicing nonviolence, right? And, you know, there's another, there's these ancient Hindu texts um, where yoga was invented like 5,000 years ago, right? And they say, you shouldn't eat too much, you shouldn't eat too little, you shouldn't sleep too much, and you shouldn't sleep too little. Um, so broad. Yeah. Like, what but, do I, but just tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, basically... Uh, it's like, a, mi- that's, that's like a, a mental mind game. I know. So if you're going to eat meat, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, younger kids and things, you mindlessly eating the flesh of an animal, right? Mm. Not that I'm a vegetarian, you know, I eat meat. Mm. I eat fish, but fish don't have feelings. You don't become a powerlifting <laughs> champion without yeah. it. But yeah, no, like um, we know fish don't have feelings. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the light, the lights are on, but nobody's home. And that's probably another <laughs> thing to discuss. And I, I debate this at home all the time. I like to wind the wife up. Do, like, how do we know plants? Plants don't have feelings. We definitely know they communicate with each other. Do we? Yes. There's, yeah. But there's proven uh, there's, there's there's types of plants that, that if they're under threat. 
they can send signals to the same species of plant miles and miles away as a warning sign that, but, hey, we're under threat here. Yeah, Protect yourselves. Do, but no, mid- I know, but or they can put out a different scent or they can change themselves chemically. Watch a mushroom grow. Watch a mushroom grow in but, like a time-lapse camera and tell me that thing's not alive. But many, many uh, well, <laughs> m- mushrooms are a, a topic for another day because... Mushrooms know, are meat, I reckon. And mushrooms are going to take over the world. But anyway... <laughs> Um, One way or another. Um, right. There's a mushroom led, leading the uh, United States at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Told you. Oh, it's, it's, politi- bega- it's begun. It's become <laughs> political. Um, oh. so, so I don't think we know a bit what, because a plant doesn't have eyes and a mouth and a nose, suddenly we just write it off that it's not a species like us, so it's okay to eat. There was a, a myth who, who knows? No, about, but about plants registering pain. Yes. Like, that was interesting. Yeah, but, you know... Of course know, they do. They're poor things. But, you know, there's many fruits and vegetables that have evolved to be eaten. And, you know, part of their life cycle is to be eaten. You think of fruits, you know, they want you to eat their seeds. That's why they taste good. They want you to shit them out somewhere so a <laughs> apple tree grows, you know, yeah, at exactly. the end of the day. But, um, yep. um, you know, like larger animals, you know, cows, sheep, the, typically the more, um, you know, the more sentient an animal, you know, the more consciousness it has. I think that's where a lot of the aversion to, um, you know, cruelty comes comes in, you know, like when it comes to mice, like, you know, what the mouse? Like, How do we know? Uh, Could be the most sophisticated and intelligent creature on the planet. Like like a fly. You're going to compare the life of a fly to the life of um, a dog? If I'm a vegan, all lives matter. Uh, I don't think it's all equivalent. Uh, you know, a dog, dog is an intelligent emotional I know what you're creature. Saying. I agree. I'm what's just a fly? being difficult here. You know, what's a fly? A fly's a nuisance. Exactly. So, you know, you can't say all lives are equal, but um, I think that's that's where the argument is, you know, skewing it in your favor by el- eliminating these highly sentient beings, you know, these emotional creatures. We know cows have emotions and things. Should we cut a five-second clip, which is just Diran saying, we can't say all lives matter. <laughs> Probably not yeah. right now, I but I don't know how yeah. well that will <laughs> go down. <laughs> so on, on the other side of it, meat. Yeah. Right? There's um, Most meat eaters are omnivores. They eat a, a mix of both meat and plants. Some people on the carnivore diet. And the, the latest trend is the carnivore diet. I think these people are a little bit loopy as well, but each to their own. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'd go eating red meat all day long, every day. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. It's but pretty crazy. There's been some, um, there's been some cases of, of, of people switching over to... Um, there's been some high-profile athletes trying it out as well. Yeah, carnivore and eliminating sort of skin disorders and yeah. um, digestion. Yeah, yeah, inflammatory diseases. So... Like we said, each to their own, whatever works for you. Mm. But meat is considered a, a superior form of protein because of pitikas, bioavailability, yep. uh, more protein, co- higher protein content, higher concentration of leucine. Um, but it's also got a bad rap because of sort of saturated fats, um, yep. links to and I think cholesterol, links to cancer, links to impacts on the cardiovascular system impacts your gut health gut health yeah so there's definitely some pros but there's definitely some cons as well as a as a source of protein meat is king is is king it's the most efficient source of protein you know um it's got the best amino acids it's got the best protein 
per calorie, you know, when compared to plant-based sources. But, um, you know, if that's all that matters to you and, you know, the other questions that we just talked about don't, then, you know. I I definitely, I'm a big proponent of of ethically raised, grass-fed meat and preferably hunted as well in an ethical way. Can you hunt? I can't, but it's something I definitely want to go yeah. get into. Like, you know, if you catch a fish fishing, it tastes better. Than I, can, I can fish. Oh, I just well. can't hunt here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I think the same goes with uh, with meat eaters. They just, there's this disconnect of where their meat comes from. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is processed meat, right? Highly processed meat. There's so many people out there that are eating these highly processed sausages, these highly processed burgers. And you know, deli meats, deli meats, salamis, these kind of things. These are loaded with preservatives like sodium nitrate. And, you know, it's the only way to keep the bacterial levels low. And these things pretty much um, have a limited place in your diet. Very limited place. They uh, do. And look, I I don't even like to include that. You have to include them into the meat versus plant argument. But I don't like to include them in because then they're not the, the sources of meat that we recommend to get your protein from. And I, I think a lot of people that are into health, fitness, sports, performance, they're not relying on deli meats for their source of protein. Well, uh, are you sure? Could, well, be, could be surprised. But the, I'm sure there's plenty of people that rely on, you know, a ham and cheese sandwich. And Well, uh, we've, we've seen it recommended from... Lots of people, yeah. Lots of people. So, um, you know, processed meat is, has a convenience factor that we can't ignore. Yeah, but um, you know it's listed as a known carcinogen. Um, you know it's definitely not as carcinogenic as something like tobacco, but um, you know it's it's um, it does increase your your relative risk. So um, you know if health is your forefront, you know um, I read a good quote, but I forgot what it was. But it's something <laughs> like uh, <laughs> it's something like if you want to uh, be the best athlete be the best healthy be healthy and you'll be a good athlete that's is the summary of this quote oh, wow it was that's so, it was so revolutionary <laughs> like it was so poetic I wouldn't I have, yeah i've never <laughs> even thought of that uh, <laughs> but probably the main problem is right we can't sustainably there's there's too many people on earth so we can't all hunt yes we can't all source our meat ethically yeah um and that's why we have all this factory farming and yeah. and uh, you know, um, I know Australia and New Zealand are pretty strict when it comes to sort of um, cattle and uh, and all of their regulations and rules and what you can and can't do. We can't feed them grain here in Australia or New Zealand. Um, meant to be grass fed. Um, it's nice. Yeah, but look, it, it it's tough to feed everyone on the planet. The majority of the planet is a meat meat eater. It's it's tough to feed everyone through eth- ethical so sources. I've got some stats. On this topic, yes. So, um, you know, you got a graph or something for us. Thirteen percent of all greenhouse gas emissions in the world comes from transport, right? All the planes, all the cars, all the trains, all the motorbikes in the world. Mm -hmm. That's thirteen percent of greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, I know know the rest of the stat. Eighteen percent comes from farming meat. Yeah. Greenhouse gas emissions. How much comes from growing crops and agriculture? Transporting that, uh, harvesting that, all si- the machinery. Significantly less, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no methane production from cow- like cows are farting all day, you know. That's, that's what I thought you were. Gonna yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, cows fart, and you know, in some countries, even like New Zealand, they tax this uh, 
there's so if we don't eat them, there's going to be even more. No. <laughs> so we have to eat them to keep the population down. Is that what you're saying, Darren? I've got four stomachs. No, no. <laughs> um, look met- it, look. So methane that they fought is like uh, something like 90 times worse for the um, environment than carbon dioxide, right? We, we've been eating meat since the beginning of time, though. Have we? Yeah. I don't know. Hindus have been vegetarian for in India. But look at the way we're designed. We're designed with canine teeth. Yeah. That are designed for for shredded and shredding and tearing meat apart. Yeah. There's a direct link when humans started consuming and cooking meat. That's when the human brain evolved. There is there's direct correlation between those. But also, you know, we've been designed to be eating rocks. That's why you have an appendix. It's to remove the rocks from your diet. And, you know, now it's a vestigial organ that has no function in your body anymore. It took me three years to wean off rocks. <laughs> I was addicted at one point. <laughs> like, you know, just because, um, you know, you've evolutionarily reached this point doesn't mean you need to be on a meat-based diet because, you know, now we are here today and we can add all of the amino acids from plants because we don't even know about it. And we can get all of our amino acids from a plant-based shake. We can get all of our vitamins that we're missing from a plant-based diet from external vitamin sources, omega-3s, vitamin B12, Iron, zinc, all of this you can supplement. Yeah. So, you know, our brains have evolved. <laughs> our brains have evolved. Yeah. Most of us anyway. Most of as us. As Hal's about to chime in. Let's I'm see if that works across all cases here. A funny little um, uh, fun fact I heard about. You know, you mentioned iron. That's the reason why um, our blood is red from the color iron. You know, if you burn yep. iron in the firework, it, is, it burns red. Yeah. Um, do you know why, apparently, this is a bit of sci-fi, do you know why aliens have green blood? Do aliens exist? No, like I said you sci-fi. Never, you never cut an alien Fiction. before? <laughs> what? Because they meant in, in, instead of um, iron in their blood, apparently aliens have copper, which is why they have green blood. Nice. Which aliens? Yeah. All fictional aliens. Oh, yeah. right. So when they're drawing these aliens, they actually think about what type of what the yeah, there's huge scientific you know <sighs> yeah, come on, wow, people have got way too much time on their hands. But do you know what's another mind blowing fact? Aliens are vegetarian. Well, <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. You two feel like aliens today? Have you seen that's an for alien sure. car? There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> Caloric impact of of meat based protein sources. Mo- oh, one more stat when we're talking about you know. Uh, <laughs> Saving the world and things like that mm-hmm. and the impact on the environment and the impact on, um, you know, on sustainability. Um, one hamburger. All right. Who eats hamburgers? Me. Hell. Yep. Um, how much water do you think this hamburger uses? Uh, three liters. Just to, to make the hamburger, like the whole process. Yeah. This hamburger, oh, to, make, to make one hamburger is equivalent to having a shower nonstop for two months. To make one hamburger. Yeah, think about the life of this cow. How much water has gone through the life of this cow? Watering the grass, um, processing the meat. This cow is drinking for like years before it gets slaughtered, right? But then well, it's contributing to making our brain evolve. It needs. We need to. Well, you know, we're out here having four-minute showers because there's a drought, and you're having two months worth of um, of showers it, how many, in how a hamburger. How many hamburgers come from one cow? No, that's just. One hamburger, because but then the, you've got as a percentage of the meat of a cow. Oh, we'll post we'll post the link up to this in, yeah, post in the show notes. Be interesting, uh, be interesting, interesting to compare it yeah. to you know, ag- agricultural practices as well. That yeah, require a lot of water. What? Well, no. Um, 
they, they have compared it and uh, I'll, put, I'll put up some stats but um, that'd be good to see that yeah. I think people would be interested in seeing that meat based farming is one of the most water intense um, practices in the world it uses you know when there's a massive drought you can't just stop a lot of these practices you know so I think from a there's a lot that the meat industry needs to do yeah. to make their industry ethical yeah um, so although meat is a preferred source of protein from from an ethical and environmental standpoint, there's still a long way to go. Yeah, and you know, uh, we talked about the meat industry, and I guess you know one of the criticisms of the benefits of vegetarian studies was the healthy user effect, right? One of the criticisms of the positive studies that come out of meat is almost all of them come from industry, you know, and that's not a good or a bad thing. Industry-funded science is necessary because you know who's going to pay for the science on the meat. Um, but um, there's another stat that industry-funded research is eight times more likely to produce a result in their favor. You know, if it's, if you do some scientific research and it's not in your favor, why would you publish it? You know, you have no um, obligation to. Mm. So, um, you know, a lot of the information that is out there is skewed towards, um, you know, that's funded by the meat industry. And, you know, you think the tobacco industry was funding these fake studies back in the day. How much bigger than the tobacco industry are the big meat industry players of the world? And agricultural industries. Yeah. Well, you look at, well, Seven eighths of a shopping center, yeah, is not meat. Yeah, the whole cereal aisle, like they, they've got a lot to answer for as well. Agri- like yeah. agriculture. So, so in America, sixty percent of all the calories come from four, four crops. Yeah, right. And, from, and from corn, wheat, sugarcane, and um, soy. And those four crops are probably responsible for producing eighty percent of health-related um, cases in the United States. Like. Well, th- th- those four diabetes, you've, like all these things that those four crops are contributing to, it's generally those processed crops yeah. that are contributing to the most health problems in society However, today. Pe- people that eat um, that don't eat a plant-based diet tend to overconsume highly processed um, plant plant sauces. Yeah, you know, if you're on a plant-based diet, you're typically eating less processed. Um, I agree. I would agree with that. Sauces, yeah. Like, you know, when you get a steak, you're getting some, um, you know, you're drizzling with sauce, like all of this is sugar, you know, there's... From a satiety perspective, and this is something that my wife's always talking about, she she makes her plant-based meals, she gets to the end of the meal, she's not full. T- Whereas she'll see me eat a piece of steak and some a salad on the side, Yeah, I'm full, right? I'm a lot heavier, my activity level's probably a bit higher, um... I need to consume more calories throughout the day, but I am satisfied with a meal with less calories than my yeah. wife who's a vegetarian eating a plant-based meal. She gets to the end of the meal and I'm still hungry, I'm still hungry. So there's a satiety as well. They end up over-consuming on carbohydrates and other no, well, resources. No, t- well, typically people on a meat-based diet consume more calories than people on a plant-based diet. And Well, they, that's pretty broad. No, but that's a pretty... That's one statement that, you know, it's hard to argue with. Um, people on a, on a, we'll post some links up, but... Um, but I think it's down to the individual. Pe- people on a meat-based diet are much more likely to be overweight or obese than people on a plant-based diet. And, you know, you could actually put this back to the healthy user effect that I was talking about. The healthy about. user effect is everything in this argument. It is. But it's, if you it's compare... The big, it's the biggest part of the whole argument, I that, that the standard diet is shit and... If you start paying a little bit of attention to your diet, like most vegetarians and vegans do, you're yes. going to have tremendous amounts of So benefits. let's compare this. 
let's compare a healthy eater in both cases. A healthy meat eater. Healthy meat eater versus a healthy vegan or vegetarian. And that's why it's so hard to compare. Who's, I don't think there is any. Who's going to pay for those studies? Nobody. You. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Masashi. <laughs> I think we should. Um, best best sources of meat. I think everyone... I mean, there's not many to choose from, but... Minimally processed. You know, um, if you want healthy food, uh, healthy meat, eat, like, you know, pasture-raised. Um, Grass-fed. Grass-fed. I love my... Um, Free-range chicken. Wild-caught salmon. Yeah. Um, you know, I alternate my, my fish choices. Um Tuna, oh, no. tuna salmon sardines. Yeah, the whole office smells it. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys, you guys can get your omega threes through sardines as well if you like. <laughs> but um, I think it is too good to um, to rotate. If you are a meat eater, rotate your sources of meat that you are eating. Rotate. Not not ro- oh, rotisserie <laughs> chicken. That's <laughs> <what> I- <laughs> well, not well. Alternate, I should say. Alternate, right? Alternate, okay. not rotate. Um, yeah, get it from get it from different sources. Yeah. I would limit red meat intake i think there's been enough evidence to show that we should be limiting limiting it yeah i mean Don't have to cut h- it out. high quality red meat is very nutrient dense you know like grass-fed um meat new zealand lamb all that good stuff elk i have never tried elk but i've heard it's good yeah yeah um yeah yeah so definitely def- the, the quality of the meat does make a big difference kangaroo kangaroo have yeah you tried kangaroo yeah i have what's the weirdest meat you've eaten crocodile yeah, I ended up in the Northern Territory at a restaurant and I thought, mm, it's. I felt bad. It tastes like chicken. like chicken? It didn't taste like chicken. It was more like fish. It was more like lobster. That's how I compare it. Lobster oh, wow. or crab. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Hal? What's the weirdest meat? <laughs> What's the weirdest meat you've ever eaten? Hal's been eating some weird meat. Oh, <laughs> he eats a lot of meat, I've heard. Let's go. Probably, probably crocodile. I don't know, pie. You've eaten crocodile? Yeah. Yep. Crocodile's pies. Oh, up at Kempsey or where it is. Yeah, Yeah, we stopped in there, desperate for some food. Every year on the way to Byron. No food poisoning. And I heard it's pretty good, that little pie shop. Fantastic, yeah. Hmm. What about you, Darren? Uh, You would have eaten some weird... Well, I've eaten rabbit. Tastes like chicken. But Uh, (laughs) You've just lost all your vegan fans instantly. Once upon a time. I also ate some escargot, some snails. I ate snails too on a cruise ship once. Disgusting. Really? Yep. I actually also ate it on a cruise ship. I think that's all they serve. Yeah. Everything else is riddled with salmonella. So, um, <laughs> What else? I don't know. I haven't eaten too many exotic creatures. So so what's optimal, Deering? Peacock. <laughs> what's optimal? Optimal Optimal is what works for you. Optimal is what fits your, you know, you, the bigger picture of well-being. You know, your spiritual well-being, let's say, you know, about how you feel towards non-violence, towards animals, how you feel, how, e- how eating animals makes you feel, how it aligns with your morals. Because you can be a high-performance athlete on both a plant-based diet or a meat, primarily meat-based diet. And, you know, that ultimately... Is that proven? Yeah. There's plenty of plant-based diets. And, you know, like, you know, one of the stigmas... Plant-based athletes? Plenty. You know, one of the stigmas... Now but did they get there on a plant-based <laughs> diet is the question. Is that... Does it matter? It, well, it does. They've developed all of their muscularity all of their performance based on a meat based diet they've got to that certain level now where probably their their skills are but you know you know what we talk about there's different spots there's different things that matter we're talking about you know the three things we always talk about psychological technical and physical how much of your physical do you want to rely on when it comes to being on a plant-based diet there are elite athletes on plant-based diets in many different sports novak djokovic is plant-based mike tyson shredded as ever vegan do you reckon he's vegan 10 years apparently Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Okay, 
Yeah, so I think there's some other substances there that might be assisting Mike Tyson at hey, the moment. No, but no um, animals died to produce those substances. Oh, <laughs> maybe a few tigers <laughs> back in the day. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, you know, it's it whatever fits into your whole picture of wellness and your ethics, your morals, because you know, Masashi quote from early in the podcast: "There's more than one route to the top of a mountain." There is, and it's what works best for you, and what gives you the best results, and what you feel best on, both ethically and and health wise. It's and like we always say, experiment. You know? Yeah, um, keep trying things, and you, that's really the only way to find out what works for you. You know, one of my friends. Uh, how, if they, if someone is going to experiment, how long should they give it? Like if. It's, I think there's more people experimenting back towards vegan and vegetarianism than there is vegans and vegetarians experimenting with meat. Yeah. But I've spoken to so many people that are vegans, vegetarians, that might have sort of done it. They've done that for three or four years. Then they've reintroduced meat and they've said, I feel amazing back on it. But yeah. there's also the opposite. So there's what, a lot of people that are eating, eating meat their whole life go on a vegetarian diet. Yeah. And they so, so what's animals. happening is, you know, um, with any diet, um, you're typically, you know, going to be consuming um, one, one type of meal, one type of food um, quite regularly, right? So whenever you change your diet, um, you're going to be filling nutrient gaps that the other diet may have been lacking, right? So it's, it's actually quite a common thing. You know, um, I read something about some Instagram influencer that was on a vegan diet, switched to a carnivore diet, and she was like more lean and shredded than ever. And I read something the exact opposite, right? Somebody was on a carnivore diet, switched to a vegan diet and, and put on lean mass. It, it's probably the honeymoon effect in the beginning. So you have to give it some time, I think. Yeah. So, you know, whatever nutrient gaps are missing from um, a diet and, you know, at the polarities of vegan to carnivore, it, the more extreme you go, the more likely it is that you'll have nutrient gaps and the harder it will be to, you know, complete your diet. So, uh, you know, my sweet spot is uh, if you go from there to there, I'm probably about here. All right. You know, not too much red meat. Um you know, most of my protein comes from egg, eggs and Masashi plant protein shakes. <laughs> I'm, I'm keen to hear the debate on this. If you've got any, we will post up a snippet of this um, video in, on Instagram and YouTube and whatnot. Get in the comments. Let us know what you do and why and what, what's benefited you. We're, we're keen to hear everyone's thoughts. How where do you sit after listening to all this info? Very similar to Darren. I pretty much only have plant protein shakes. I'll have meat. Well, just at kids' parties on the weekend, yeah, cocktail like, frankfurts. Exactly, just yep. little sausage rolls while we're watching <laughs> the magician. <laughs> <laughs> the wiggles. <Yeah. laughs> nice. Well, I think we've um, we've given a pretty quick summary, but there's there's plenty of research out there. Look into it for yourself. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I said, you know, the research can probably be a bit overwhelming, a bit too confusing. I think the important thing is to find out um, how your diet aligns with your beliefs and your practices and. Um, just to be conscious of where your food comes from is quite an important thing too. One step that I didn't drop yet, which is my favorite stat, is they sur- they surveyed people in America um, and something like 16 million people think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. I saw that. <laughs> chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Yeah. Where does it come? Where does strawberry milk come from then? <laughs> you tell me, flamingo- <laughs> flamingos. <laughs> Those are the same people who think that coronavirus came from drinking Corona, which is why oh the company suffered millions of dollars yeah. worth of loss in the last year. So, you know, that's how far removed people are from the food system and the food that they consume. So, uh, you Oh, know. you still got some of Australia's leading nutritionists recommending flavoured milk after workouts. Disgusting. 
Well, well, actually, flavored milk is not a bad thing after you work out. No. It's got proteins, carbs. It's I, I think there is plenty of better options than flavored milk post-workout. Are you talking Masashi protein? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we've explored this topic enough. If you do have any further questions, uh, flick through an email to us at podcast, sorry, podcast at masashi.com. Yep. And or we'll just hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. It's probably a topic that we'll definitely revisit in the future. We'll revisit and I think we, we should get some um, some meat eaters in and some vegans in to give their perspective. I know it's easy for us to sit here, we're all meat eaters, but I'd like to get a vegan and vegetarian's perspective because they'll bring yeah. different elements to the argument and, and personal experiences and I, I, I'd like to give both sides an opportunity to talk definitely and um you know we'll we'll dive into some other parts of this um, podcast in more detail like uh, amino acids and you know if you have any questions just send them through i'm sure there's plenty beautiful listener questions have we got any how we do have a couple first from uh james webb james, james webb no relation no relation no but relation. probably somewhere along the line potentially <laughs> if he's jacked and good looking he's probably related no i kidding <laughs> can't tell you that <laughs> James says, how soon after high-intensity training should I be eating? I'm aware of the anabolic window, but I struggle eating within an hour after intense cardio. What happens with your digestive system while you're doing intense workouts, Darren? Yeah, so... Slows down? Yeah, you know, all your blood's gone to your muscles and, um, and things like that. So a lot of people find it very hard to eat after training. Mm-hmm. Um, um, anabolic window. Bullshit or real? Um it's real, but it's probably not as short as you think it is. Um, you it's know, a lot of thirty to forty-five minutes. Thirty to forty-five minutes. Mate, I've twenty had, minutes. I've had mates in the gym. Seriously, it, you get off a piece of equipment. Two seconds later, they've got a shake in their hand. Like, oh, I've got to get it down as quick as possible. The latest don't cons- need to be that Latest quick. consensus is about two hours. So if you if you get something in two hours, hopefully you're hungry by then. But the, within that two hours, it, it needs to be a protein source that is rapidly digested, or Yep. Faster digesting. So not preferably? Steak. Yeah. Preferably. And if you're doing um, high intensity activity, um, typically, you know, you're going to be uh, quite glycolytic. So you might want to have some carbs as well. So, yep. you know, protein and carb source, you know, something like Masashi bulk protein. We've been plugging our, pro- our protein checks oh, no, a lot. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, within two hours would be my answer as well. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I would generally have a, a, sh- a shake, something that digests pretty quickly, and then follow that up um, not long after yeah. w- with a with a with a meal, actual food based meal. Yeah, I've been um, doing um, quite a few sprint training sessions lately, and you know, you're looking faster. I'm faster. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm like super fast right now. Um, uh, what are we talking? Hundred meters. Give us a number. Uh, well, um, do you want to race? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you want to get beaten backwards. Oh, was <laughs> oh, oh. quite the sprinter back in the day. Oh yeah, these legs aren't aren't made for just crawling. Yeah, well, I don't know if they when they recorded hundred meter times on a sundial if that <laughs> if that's still applicable today. <laughs> um, yeah. So you've been sprinting, heaps. been sprinting, and after high sp- intensity after sprints, I feel like I can't eat anything. Yeah. Um, so I've just been having a protein shake. Um, yeah. I'm like Actually, that I've been having a, a couple of beers after a couple of sprint sessions. But uh, yeah, not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> I'm like that after leg day or back day or something like that, a heavy, intense session. I just don't feel like eating straight away. Yeah. I think that's the benefits of a, having a shake. It's pretty easy to get down. But yeah, You just want some liquid and you know sometimes you just grab the first thing in sight. But a protein shake, you know, one of the benefits is convenience and you can just have it straight after training. Do you know what I have straight after training now? What? I have... 
whey protein, EAAs, yep. glutamine, a little bit of creatine, and some greens. That's, That's my good. latest post post workout. Yeah. That's an all star shake, I would say. All star shake, get on it. I I also have creatine straight after training. Um, you know, um, timing isn't super important for creatine, but you know, some of the evidence suggests that post training is actually um more beneficial than pre training. Yeah, I have I have it half pre, half post. Yeah, it takes a while for your levels to get up um to where you need them. But um, yeah, usually I just have one scoop of creatine inside um, a bulk or um a plant shake, and yeah, that's me. I think we will and truly answer that question. Any other questions? Ooh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Another one, Maddie Langsworth says, how many calories does walking burn compared to running if it's at the same distance? So I read somewhere that running burns about 30% more calories than walking. Um, but, you know, there's also different energy systems and other things to consider. Like, you know, if you're running, you potentially, um, you're going to have, experience um more significant muscle breakdown than walking you know this is why a lot of bodybuilders do walking for cardio mm -hmm. because you know you're not panting and using your um aerobic respiration system you're uh you know for the same distance did you say yes so obviously running the running the same distance as walking you're going to get through the run a lot quicker so i'd say from a calorie burning perspective while you're walking it's going to be a longer walk longer period of time to to get across the same distance I think more of the fuel that you're using would be more from fat. In walking. In yeah. walking. Yeah. But I think by running, you're probably going to eventually burn more calories throughout the day. Um, but not everyone's a runner. I'm not a runner. If yeah. I run it, I'm a sprinter. I don't like it. I don't like the impact it has on my joints. I think there's solutions for everyone. But obviously, if you're looking at fat loss as your main goal, I think running is going to burn more calories at the end of the day and produce a better result. And maybe fat, fat loss isn't the goal. Maybe, you know, just cardiovascular fitness is the goal. And um, Mix of both. Yeah. Some extended walking with mixed in with some HIIT training. Yeah. Some sprints and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we touched, it on, touched on it in the fat loss episode quite a bit on the um, differences between the types. But yeah, we'll burn a bit more running than walking. Any other questions or is that it? That's it for the question. What is going on in the world of sport? It's all kicking off again. I'm starting to get excited. Yes. Sports back. back up. The NRL is back. Mm -hmm. I, um, I put up a post last night that Dieran quickly jumped on my Instagram page and was bashing me about it. The fake crowd noise <laughs> in the NRL games when it's broadcast, I think can't is can't. absolutely ridiculous. Mm. You see in the footage, you can see there's no one in the crowd and yet you hear all this fake crowd noise. I love it. Why? I like it so much. It's not it's real. It's not, there's okay. no one in the crowd. Don't okay, put just, a noise just, there. Just before the lockdown happened, I don't know if you saw any of those games, but it was like watching a training session. It just didn't have the energy to it, you know? It was just like, okay, like there's, the crowd just brings this element of excitement that, you know, obviously one day we're going to get real crowds back. But, um, you know, when's the last time you saw a good TV sitcom? This is what I put up on my post. Exactly. I, I likened it to the canned laughter that they used to put on yeah, the back of exactly. 90s, 1990s comedy sitcoms on TV. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> and then it just stops. The, I don't mind that. Wait, the best... Tells you when to laugh. The best... I think I'll decide when I want to laugh. No. I don't need a fake crowd to tell me when to get excited about... Laughter, like, laughter is contagious. Emotion is contagious. You hear a crowd, you feel excited, right? Maybe if you're a sheep. Comedies nowadays... <laughs> 
it's psychological. Comedies nowadays aren't funny because there's no cat laughter. You know, like look at the Fresh Prince and uh, Friends and things like that. The laughter in the crowd was important. There are plenty of good comedies these days. Yeah, without. Oh, the w- wiggles don't count now. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> He's moved on from the wiggles. He's on to. Um, Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig yeah. And the, the big purple dinosaur. Teletubbies, he watches. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's weird. I think it, there's no one in the crowd. Don't don't put a crowd. Sturlow said it best. Sturlow said it best. He's, he, he remained on the fence when he said this, but he basically said he likes the idea of hearing the physicality of the game. So he wants to hear the crunching tackles. He wants to hear the banter between players. He wants to hear how much they're breathing. And, and, and I think the UFC has done it right as well by yeah. not by y- you can hear you can hear the interaction between the fighters you can hear them breathing you know which one's more exhausted than the other you can hear each strike down to its impact so you know which strike is connecting better than another strike i, I guess for the purists it is better but you know um spots is not just about the spot sometimes it's about the unscripted drama the narrative right that's why the last dance you know, Reverend, <laughs> Reverend Rodman today, why it was so good. It was the narrative, the story behind it. You're even a Bulls supporter? I'm a Raptors supporter, but, you know. Oh, uh, that's Bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going in, on in sport, Hal? Um, well, immediately talking about the NRL, as soon as the news sparked up, we have another controversy. Um, so within 54 hours of the restart to the season, Sharks, Bronson, Seri, Seri? Mm-hmm. um has tested positive for four banned um, substances. Yeah. A, have a, you seen co- the, a cocktail, they called it. Have you seen the before and after? He put on a bit of size. Well, looking at the cocktail he was on, I, I wonder why. Yeah. Young guys making decisions that probably are beyond their years and they don't understand the full impact of, of their decisions that they're making. So, you know, he was uh, one of the hottest prospects. Um, you know, what, 19, 20? He's going to get a four-year ban. Gone. Gone career's over i think once you once you've got that reputation as well and the stigma's there against you it's very hard to find a spot in another team other players have done it yeah uh yeah there's i didn't know they were doing that stringent testing in the nrl yeah asada they are yeah definitely there you go um you know there's been quite a few scandals over the years so uh, (laughs) when are these guys gonna learn though like they're on big money young guys making poor decisions i get but it's, this is their whole career they're putting on the line by just wanting to gain a tiny... Like how much... Obviously, there's natural athletes have flooded the game of NRL, well, the game of rugby league, for many, many years. So the highest performing players can still perform without performance-enhancing drugs. That's been proven. Yeah. So why are guys still doing it? You know, the stakes are high. The stakes are... The stakes um, are high. The stakes but, are a million-dollar contract one day. Do you reckon like someone like Darren Lockyer ever took performance-enhancing drugs? No, I don't think so, but, you know... He needs to take something for his for his raspy voice, but <laughs> yeah. but it's not performance... Like, these, the guys that make it don't... They don't need it. Yeah. And if you need it to get to that level, you shouldn't be playing at that level. But all I'm saying is the stakes are high. You know, if you're a 19-year-old and you can, you're getting these... Seeing these big contracts dangled in front of, you know, people your age... Um, Mm. And you want to take it to the next level. Temptation is there. And, you know, clearly. Have you got a quote about temptation? I feel like you do. Um, nah. Okay, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> the theme of his Saturday night. Nah, it's, it's pretty ordinary. And I hope, um, hope all the other players are learning from, from this. Yeah. Next. Um, we mentioned him earlier. So, vegan Mike Tyson. Vegan Mike Tyson. You were right. Is yeah. set to name a comeback uh, this week. 
No longer like iron. Opponent, no longer iron, Mike Tyson. <laughs> 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 iron, de- iron deficient, Mike Tyson. <laughs> if you've seen him, he's probably more iron than ever. You know, he's saying he's in the best shape of his life, and he credits this to his plant-based diet. Yeah, exhibition fights. I think there's a reason why he's doing exhibition fights. Uh, there's no risk of uh, testing. Yeah, I think he's on some stuff. Um, definitely, there's no 53-year-old man that can look like that and bounce back that quickly. Yeah, I'll, I'll look like that when I'm 53. Probably, but you wouldn't have stopped training for 10 years. You would have continued to train. He actually got quite out of shape. Uh, no I know, yes. Yeah. Uh, quite fat. I look, I love Mike Tyson. I don't want to see him come back. I like. I just like the aura and and the thought of young Mike Tyson. I don't want to. I don't want him to come back, even if it is an exhibition, and see some young guy or just the anyone put it on him. I just let him let that legend live. Just like you know, is he the same? killer that he was you know he was like an out of control you know his diet was evander holyfield's ears now it's <laughs> not as plant-based right and i think he has evolved so much as a as a human and and he would be the first to admit all the shit that he's done when he was younger was bad yeah and and he's evolved so much as a human how much is boxing going to reintroduce some of those thoughts back into his psyche and yeah like you said some of the best guys in in combat um are the wildest yeah, and that's what makes them so good at, at combat. You look at John Jones as a perfect example. He can't stay out of trouble oh, yeah. with the law. Um, he's a wild man. He's also the best martial artist ever. I think actually this is a good topic. I wanted to touch on when we're talking about plant based. You know, there's a stigma that eating plant based is not masculine. You know, it's uh, vegans are weak. You know, yeah. I don't, but I don't think it's the case. You know, look at Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet. I don't think it's the case. I, I know that stigma definitely does exist, yeah. but yeah, look, I think... Look, look at Nate Diaz, you know. You're a gangster, but you know West Coast gangster. That's Nate Diaz, the, probably the baddest dude. And eats fish. Eats fish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but predominantly plant-based, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people think you have to that eat, was eat fu- the flesh of a living animal to be a, like a masculine dude. But. That was so ridiculous in the Game Changers, how they included Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor in that argument versus plant versus meat eater. Yeah. Like Nate eats meat for starters, he eats fish, and um, Connor came back to win the second fight anyway. Like it's it was the most ridiculous argument. They're, they're basically saying I because like he's a a former vegetarian, that's why he beat this other guy in a fight. Yeah. So silly. What else is happening in sport? Uh, so as all sports return, uh, we're hearing that the NBA will be back soon enough. That we have a definitive date for Premier League. Which yes, is English Premier League will return on June seventeenth. Yeah, cool. I know uh, our boy Matty Ryan, who we caught up with recently um, at a social distance here in Sydney, um, had to fly back to yeah. get back into training. So that's why it's going to be juicy. I mean, the Premier League was when the Premier League stopped. It was just it was just the hottest. Well, except for Liverpool at the top, it was just the hottest um, competition. It, in it's, a while. A, it's a foregone foregone conclusion. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool's going to win. Liverpool at the so. top is going to win, but you know um, they're going to have the asterisks the size of the sun. Next to them, the season, as you know, they won, but under these conditions. So, what other sports are coming back? Um, Everything, a- a- AFL. AFL. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, NBA. I mentioned earlier. NBA um, going to be playing in Orlando. Yeah, potential sixteen games straight into playoff season. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. What about our local local listeners? I was just looking at something this morning. Gyms. What North, about what? Northern Territory? All clubs now open. Western Australia. Some clubs open. Eighteenth of May. South Australia. First of June. Queensland, 12th of June. New South Wales, TBA. 
Why? Shame. Too many cases. Too Probably. Many um, It'd be nice to put a date on it. Put people be. out of their misery. Yeah. Um, I for wine. Victoria has more cases than they even have. At a least date. you have weights at home. You know, I haven't been lifting weights this whole time. I know. Okay. You look like a, you look like a vegan. Still there. No. <laughs> no, I've been I've been doing kettlebell workouts, bodyweight workouts, sprinting. Uh, you go back stronger than I've ever. Been, I've been loving switching it up. Been g- getting deep into yoga. What's your opinion? Should the should the gyms in New South Wales open and Victoria really? They're probably the only two states that aren't open yet. Should they open? Um, I'm not an epidemiologist. I can't. Talk about that. Deering, yeah. On the fence, Deering, they call him. What about you, Hal? What do you reckon? <laughs> open now, please. Open now, please. I think everyone would agree with you. I think they you. should. I think if all this other stuff is open, gym should be open, though. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. It's, you want people to be healthy. Uh, exercise boosts your immunity. It's As long as it's done right. Yeah. I think open. Open up. I mean, it's easier to keep a social distance in a gym than it is in a bar anyway. 100%. You know, if you want to open up bars just to please people and make them happy, um, yeah, you know. Maybe we should set yeah. up some gyms in Woolies and Coles and Bunnings because there seems to be hordes of people in those places that, that have no regard. They're coughing all over the fruit and vegetables. There's no glove. There's nothing. Yeah. So if all that's happening, like I was in the fruit and veggie. Wait, apart- does this mean we're going to have to wear gloves at the gym now? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> I've, I've taken so long to build these calluses. Oh, I've up. got baby hands now. <laughs> I had like this, the hands of Thor before this. <laughs> well, how are your hands, Hal? You build up callus yet, calluses yet? I built up a few because I was doing some gorilla workouts outside. Gorilla workouts? Yeah. Yeah. Gorilla like G U. Oh, yeah. E, not go- not <laughs> gorilla. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else is happening in sports, Hal? That's all I've got. That's all you got. There's plenty plenty happening, but yeah. yeah. Um, Miyamoto Misashi quote for the day. Ooh. Don't we have a famous athlete quote today? Yeah, of course we do. Oh, okay. I never, I've never got one. You got last week, didn't you? No, a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I've got a. I, I like this one. Um, kill them with success and bury them with a smile. Oh, kill them with success, bury them with a smile. So it's a happy athlete. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely heard this before. He's in all the Optus ads. Oh, shows you how much I watch the Optus ads. Come on, what do we got? What do we got? Come on, Darren. Tim Cahill. Oh, okay. Oh. Tim you seem bold. You seem bold. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that's nice. that's very appropriate for him. Yeah. I love I love the image of a I think the last Olympics of him and someone else who were racing with so far ahead of everyone else. By the end, they were kind of running next to yeah, like one of the first heats, just laughing with each other. He's one of a kind. He is. Everyone loves him. What What's the Masashi quote of the week? The Masashi quote is, um, "A man cannot understand." Hang on. Hang on. Lower your voice a bit more. <laughs> A man cannot understand the art he is studying if he only looks for the end result without taking the time to delve deeply into the reasoning of the study. You know? Um, so I think that's applicable to today. Exactly. There's a lot of people that make a decision on which side of the fence they sit on, whether it's plant or meat, without truly looking into each side of it. And like we said, all the ethical and environmental and all the other factors that are included, not just... How much protein does this one have and this one have? So many other things go into it. Yeah. And, you know, how do you delve deep into a diet? Do you read about it or do you do it? You know, I'm a doer. Yeah. I prefer to try it on myself and see how my body reacts to it. You can read all you want, but like you can read something that is so skewed one way that it can convince you and you do it and it doesn't work for you. 
you know, um, I think you got to do a bit of both. Everybody has this confirmation bias. You're going to look for evidence that supports your pre-existing, preconceived ideas, right? Um, you're not going to. It's just everybody has these ideas, right? You're not going to go into anything neutrally and um, and seek out information like that. So, you know, the best way is to delve deep, to dive into it. You know, how I learned about intermittent fasting is I did intermittent fasting for many weeks. Um, you know, how the best way to learn about going plant-based is to go plant-based. Go plant-based. I don't know about carnivore. haven't tried it yet. I uh, don't think I will, but... I think everyone should approach this topic today with an open mind. Yeah. Try both. Do, definitely do not... Like, we're all in this for the same reason. We all want to be healthy, fit, active. Don't slam someone else that's healthy, fit, active just because they eat plants as a protein source and you eat meat. That's just stupid. We're all on this journey together. Let's figure it out together. Let's give each other the benefits, the... Let's have a, a a good discussion, not a angry, heated discussion. Yeah. Um. Let's let's make each other aware of all the pros and cons of both. Oh, that's sweet. It is sweet. I'm getting. I'm I'm turning soft when I get older. As I get vegan. on. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's enough <laughs> vegan jokes. They're gonna we're gonna lose all of our vegan listeners. We love vegans. Try our plant protein. It is awesome. It's renowned as being the best on the market. Um. Anything else you guys want to add, Hal? My mum's vegan. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Fully vegan. <laughs> Fully vegan. Sorry. Fully vegan. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. How old's your mum? 27, 28? Yeah, something like that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, Ross has uh, almond milk in his uh, coffees, so he's one, one step closer oh! to being plant-based. But um, yeah, just... Thanks for ruining my reputation. <laughs> um, I'm a jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> Well, Darren just made a coffee with soy in it, so... Oh, I like to lift heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that'll wrap yeah, yeah. that'll wrap it up for the week. I've had this has been fun. This is an awesome topic. Um, yeah, make sure you understand the fundamentals of nutrition. You know that that still applies. You yep. know your calorie balance, your macros always apply. Um, if you understand the basic fundamentals, that's when you can start exploring different diets and having more plants, having more meat, whatever you want to do. Let's close on that. Lovely. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening, everyone. Just a reminder to everyone, we are actually on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anchor FM. Anchor. Everywhere. And YouTube. So if you don't want to watch our ugly heads on YouTube, listen to the audio version. Yep. And we are out. Masashi out.